from iHeart Podcasts, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case Roe v. Wade, starring Maya Hawke as 26-year-old lead attorney Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee William H. Macy as Supreme Court Justice Harry Blackman. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. Listen to the podcast Supreme, the battle for Roe on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. How powerful is Cox Internet? So powerful that one day your daughter will be able to simulate a soccer match against some of the world's best players right from your backyard. Get gig speeds powered by fiber from Cox. It's internet built for tomorrow, today. Internet delivered through Cox's hybrid fiber coax network. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions apply. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast. I'm your host, Mike De Niro. Today, I got a tag team partner from the Dirty Heels Podcast. I'm here with Kofi Wheatston, but we got a very special guest in the building tonight. We got the harbinger of truth, Black Dynamite, my man, Jeremy Prophet. What's good? Oh, it is so good to be here with you guys. I got to say, that is one badass intro. That Definitely. you got there. Thank you. <laughs> I don't know who put that together, but that is someone with an immense amount of talent. I tell you, it's got me pumped for this episode. I want to come in here. I want to bring all kinds of excitement. I want to bring all kinds of fanfare, more fanfare awesome. than the queen's funeral. You know, God, God Definitely. rest the queen. God save the queen. But uh, the king of Canada is here with you. Uh-huh. So uh, I'm glad to be sharing the screen with you guys, uh, my, my, my two fellow podcast brothers. And uh, yeah, looking forward to having a good time. Most definitely. Definitely, definitely. We're glad to have you. We're glad to have you, man. You already know who it is, man. Call me, man. Uh, let's jump right into this, man. Yeah. Let's go ahead and jump right into this. Um, for, for the fans and all that, 
for our fans and everybody who don't really know, who might not know Jeremy Prophet like we do, let everybody know how we got started. How did Jeremy Prophet fall in love with wrestling? Well, I first saw professional wrestling. I was about five years old. I uh, saw a match between Brett the Hitman Hart and Blake Beverly. And I always say it, you know, had it been maybe two other guys that weren't as good as uh, Brett, then, hey, you know, maybe I wouldn't have been a wrestling fan. We wouldn't be here sharing this great sport that unifies all of us. Um, but I saw it, loved it, kept watching every week. And I just knew in my heart that this is what I want to do. Uh, I figured, you know, hey, this is a, a job. These guys make their living doing this. These are, these are grown-ass men doing it. So I can do it, too. I just got to find a place and uh, learn how to do it. And I think I could be pretty good at it. I was already a really good athlete. Uh, did a lot of sports in my life uh, since an early age. So, like, I was five years old when I started playing baseball, six years old when I started playing hockey. Uh, I did track and field. I did uh, a lot of, a lot of sports. I've been an athlete my whole life. That's why a lot of the stuff you see me do in the ring, it just kind of comes to me naturally because I've always been involved in athletics. Um, so yeah, so I found Jacques Rougeau's wrestling school. Uh, I was originally going to go out to Calgary because I figured that the heart dungeon was the only place I could get trained. Cause that's the only yeah. place I saw on TV. Uh, you know, the hearts in Calgary. So I was ready to move out to Calgary. And then I found out that Jacques had his wrestling school in Montreal. And so I said, okay, well, you know, Jacques is a, a legend. He's a former Intercontinental Champion, Tag Team Champion. Uh, actually had the chance to see Jacques wrestle live uh, quite a few times at the events that we'd have here uh, at the, the, the Bell Center. And originally, actually, at the Montreal Forum, uh, which is where the Canadians used to play. And uh, yeah, so I said, okay, you know, Jacques legit. Uh, I'll go there. I did my first tryout there uh, because it was a buddy of mine who had already been training with him for a couple of years. And just went in, did my first tryout. They said I was a natural. And uh, the rest, as they say, is history. That's awesome, man. So you always knew, like, this was, like, your first choice. You wanted to be a wrestler. Like, you had oh, yeah. No other... it, it was first and only choice. Like, I, I've not wanted to do anything else in my life. I want to earn my living. Uh, you know, I want to support my, my, my lifestyle, however you want to call it, put food on my table through yeah. professional wrestling. Uh, there's nothing else that I want to do. I don't want to get in wrestling just to get out of wrestling and, you sure. know, uh, use it as a stepping stone to go on to Hollywood or to, to go on to, you know, anything else. I, I want professional wrestling. That, that's what I want to do. Um, anything else is secondary to that. But uh, it's like I said in one of my promos with Wrestling Academy, um, you know, my roots are all in professional wrestling. It's not like, okay, I'm kind of 80% in wrestling and then in another thing. And, you know, maybe if another opportunity presents itself, it's no, no, I'm, I'm 100% professional wrestling through and through, you know, till the day I die. How how was that conversation with family Lynn to know that you don't want to be a doctor, you don't want to be a teacher, you want to be a wrestler? Yeah, it's um I've been fortunate to have been blessed with uh, parents who always allowed me to choose my own destiny. They That's supported great. me in everything that I'd want to do. And um you know, maybe it's because I'm the youngest uh, out of everyone. And I come from a very unique family. I never really got the chance to talk about that in any interviews, but uh, I'm my parents' only child. Um but if we add up both sides and what they have from their uh, previous marriages, um, I have technically six half siblings. Wow. Um, so I guess they, they had a chance to, to raise the other kids and uh, maybe, you know, learned along the way that you can't try to pigeonhole them. You can't try to send them down a path they don't want to go down. So, sure. you know, professional wrestling is something that, that I chose. Uh, I always use the example. Like I said, I played a lot of sports. Um, I, was a, I was a damn good baseball player. I tell you, if I had the passion for baseball, that I do for professional wrestling, I'd be, um, you know, probably a couple of years away from getting a hall of fame ring, probably broke mm -hmm. a couple of records, probably want to want to want a few pennants and a few world series. Um, what position? That's, that's, I mean, that's how good I was at baseball. And, what position uh, would it be? Yeah. What position I would have been, uh, I, I excelled at left field. 
That okay. was that was where they put me. I was a left fielder, but I had many offensive talents. I had unbelievable on base percentage. We're talking like uh, in excess of eighty percent on base percentage. Um, I had, uh, mm. you know, I, I, I to strike me out was near impossible. That was one of my super ah. abilities in baseball. Yeah. Was I could play a, a forty game season, uh, which is what we played, you know, up to the junior level, but a forty game season and have maybe three strikeouts on the season. Just no, nobody was striking me out. To me, it was like a shame. It was like a dishonor. It's like I got to go all hairy carry and put the sword through my heart if I get struck out because, you know, I didn't want to face my father uh, having struck out because it was such a shame and a dishonor. So I had single-digit strikeouts on the season. I think a bad season for me was maybe seven strikeouts in a season. No word of a lie. So I was a menace at the plate, I was, and I was fast. I, was, I always say I'm the fastest person I know. I've, I've never lost a race in my life, which is why I was good at track and field. Uh, wanted to actually become the world's fastest man, wanted to win the 100 meters, win the gold for Canada. Uh, that I was pretty passionate about. But uh, believe me, the politics in track and field in Canada, uh, e- extremely, extremely difficult to navigate. Wor- worse than wrestling. But uh, I won all my races and stuff and um, barely had any training. It was just on brute, brute talent. I've always been the fastest person I know. I challenge anybody in the wrestling business to a foot race. And I'm pretty sure I'd smoke them. <laughs> That's what's yeah. up, man. But, uh, yeah, just getting back on track. And my parents were super supportive. Uh, my father would uh, – he would come pick me up from all my wrestling practices. Um, my mother's actually attended more wrestling events uh, than my father has. He, he came to a handful of them, but my father was, was pretty up in age even when he had me, and he, he actually passed away in 2014. Um, but uh, my mother has been tr- tremendously supportive and would come to a lot of my events always always supporting. So uh, I, was, I was blessed. And my whole family, uh, everyone, you know, is – I'm like the celebrity of the family. I'm the star. I'm the one who, you know, was doing something outside the box and succeeding at it. So I've had a, I've had a lot of support. And um, yeah, I mean, in general, like I've not had any negative from my family. I think that's zero. Great. So I've been blessed. That's awesome to hear, man, because I've yeah. heard so many stories where it's like the complete opposite. Like someone says they want to go into wrestling and it's like to tear them from that. Like, no, go go to college, do this, do that. And it's like, but if that's their dream, like, come on, like, let them follow their dream. I, I, I've been blessed because my mom and my dad always was like, go follow your dream, too. But I hear stories where it's like, damn, like how I don't know how you can even like tell your kids, no, you're going to be doing what I want you to do. But yeah. yeah. Well, it's like I said, I brought up baseball because I was I was put into baseball. I didn't have a passion for it, but I was really, really good. Um, but all the other sports, I chose to do it. I chose to play hockey. I chose to do track and field. Uh, I chose to, you know, go into boxing. I never actually boxed had a had a fight or an amateur fight. Um, but I, I did it because I was advised to do that to improve my, my wrestling. So, I mean, mm-hmm. I, I chose to do the things that I want to do. I'm the kind of person I see something and I say, you know, someone else has been able to do this. Probably somebody who is less talented, less intelligent, less, uh, in less of a position than me. And if they're able to succeed, I can succeed. You just got to put your mind to it and do it. And that's, that's what it's like. If there's something I want in the world, I just go for it. And I'm thankful that I have parents that, uh, you know, supported me and didn't stand in my way and didn't say, you know, we want you to do this. It's like, you know, my, my father, uh, my father was in the military. Uh, he actually, uh, he was in the air force served, believe it or not, it's going to sound preposterous given my age, but he actually served during world war II. And uh, you can fact check that and everything checks out. Um, (laughs) He was, uh, you know, never asked me to go into the military, never asked me to go into the service. This was, you know, my life was my life to live. Uh, You know, my my mother, she she worked in uh, in banks and accounting. Um, She she did kind of tell me she wanted me to go down that path. And she kind of influenced my sister to go down that, which she still does that to this day. Believe it or not, she actually is uh, one of Bret Hart's 
bankers out in Calgary oh, wow. here in Canada. <laughs> Funny little sidebar for uh, That's awesome. wrestling. But uh, no, I was always allowed to choose my own destiny. And uh, no matter how long it took me to get to a point where, you know, they could feel proud of me, of which, you know, I'm getting to that point now where I'm on the cusp of huge success. Um, they supported me through the, the good times and the bad. That's awesome. That's awesome. Since we're talking about the cusp of the huge success, you've held many titles all over Canada, yeah. everywhere. I actually saw a picture you had like six titles at one time. Well, uh, I currently hold nine. I hold seven. Nine. I hold seven individual nine. championships. Nine. Uh, no awesome. word of a lie. Seven individual championships. Two tag team championships. Uh, of the individual championships that I hold, um, I hold five from here in Quebec, in this province. Um, I hold one that I recently won in Saskatchewan, which is another province, and I hold one in Ontario, which I won in Ontario, but it's a Canadian title. So across multiple provinces, multiple championships, singles and tag, which just speaks to who Jeremy Prophet is because I'm not a one-trick pony. You know, I'm, I'm like a Swiss Army knife when it comes to all the things I can do. I can do anything. You need a guy to cut a great promo, put this mic in front of me. You need a guy to go out there, wrestle an hour-long main event. I'm the guy. You need a guy who can go toe-to-toe with the best. You need a guy who can go toe-to-toe with a guy who's maybe past his prime and still wants to get a bit of shine. Look, I, I can do it all. I, I'm really – you want to know who Jeremy Prophet is? The few people out there watching who have never seen me, I am the guy who can do it all. Not just a pretty face, not just a great promo, not just a great in-ring talent. The guy who can literally do it all, go toe-to-toe <laughs> with everybody and make them have to keep up with me. Not yet. And I, I've seen it. I've seen it. I've seen uh-huh. you have matches against guys like Scott Steiner. Uh, how is that actually like how is it to share a ring with someone that like you maybe grew up watching um you got it for me i've always known that i was going to get those opportunities so i kind of try to see the future and uh still live for the present at the same time so going in there with somebody like scott steiner who's a veteran with much more experience we're in the ring together we're in a main event that people paid to see so he's my peer now it's not like i'm going in there like a a wide-eyed child on christmas morning seeing santa claus it's uh you know it's a case of we're equals we're in there we're sharing this ring i'm gonna take the fight to you it's something that i see a lot and it kind of it kind of rubs me the wrong way in wrestling because you see so many guys they'll go in there and they're against a guy who's maybe a few pegs down the totem pole and you know it's easy to go in there and take liberties and look vicious against them but then you're up there against the main eventer and suddenly you're kind of like a like a like a little cat that's been declawed and defanged so to me it's important that you got to look just as aggressive and imposing when you're in there against somebody higher up in fact you got to look more like that that's the kind of person you got to you know look like you're ready to just you know spit right in their face slap the taste out of their mouth you know just headbutt them right between their eyes that kind of thing you know, to show that you're the star, you're the one that the attention needs to be on. You can't be going in there and being timid and all that, or, you know, you're going to get eaten alive. So I've prepared for that. Maybe it's something that comes from other sports, but I mean, like, look, if I was, um, Mike, if you don't mind me asking you, where, where, where are you from? Which, uh, which, which area? New York city. All right. Nice. Yeah. Well, what's your favorite sport? What do you, what are you a fan of? Uh, baseball. Baseball. Okay. So New York yeah. city. So I'm, I'm kind of like the guy, like if I'm playing and I'm against Aaron judge, you know, I'm, I'm thinking, <laughs> I'm thinking, okay, you know, I, I, if I'm pitching, I'm, I want to nail this guy upside the head with my fastball. I want to put him out of the game. <laughs> you know, I want to, I want to yeah. make a statement. You got to go after the best guy and you gotta, you gotta put him in his place. You know, that's, that's course, the way yeah. Michael Jordan was in basketball. You know, he said, he's got to find who's the best guy on the team and he's got to show he can give him a run for his money. Cause he wants that top spot. He wants the big money. Um, I'm just a very competitive guy. I'm very bloodthirsty. I'm very, you know, to me, I, I say I have yet to meet my equal in wrestling. I don't know who my equal is. I watch a lot of wrestling. Oh, just I just watching see, that interview. Yeah, I don't see somebody who has the physique that I do, who the good looks, 
the speaking ability, the dynamic speaking ability that can be serious, that can be entertaining, can make people laugh, can make people feel something. And, and the in-ring ability, you know, who can be fast and athletic, who can be technical, who can be hard hitting, who can take as much as he can give. I've not met this person. I've not seen this person. So if someone's going to say, oh, this Jeremy Prophet, he talks a lot. You know, let's, you know, how good is he? It's like, okay, get in the ring, find out how good I am. Prove to me you can make me not back up one iota of what I say because my talk never goes beyond what I'm capable of doing. And I think that's the authentic, the authenticity that I give people in that, okay, this Jeremy Prophet's confident, but then you see me and you're like, okay, he can back up everything he says. So, you know, it's a, it's a thing that comes from a place of not having any insecurity. I have no insecure. I think professional wrestlers, a lot of them are insecure. I don't got a man's man. Yeah. Man's man. That's what it is, man. I'm, I'm not insecure. I know that you put me out there. I can main event any, any show. I'll go out there. There's no pressure on me. I'm not worried about anything. You got guys who are worried. They're scared to, to talk trash because they're worried that, oh, they're going to botch a spot. They're going to fall off the rope. Something could go wrong, and people are going to throw it back against them. Not this guy. Not this guy. I will, I will talk trash till the cows come home because I know that when the bright lights are on and it counts, I will deliver 100% of the time. Yeah, and you talk about delivering, and – you just delivered really huge on the first season of Wrestle Academy. You want to talk a little bit about that? Like, we're all very proud of you, man. Oh, yeah. I mean, this was an opportunity I've been waiting for. You guys might remember, like, back when we started podcasting, all of us together, part of the wonderful group of uh, the League of Extraordinary Podcasters. Uh -huh, Shout out to uh, Circle of Debate and uh, Ivan. Um, I was all about, you know, being able to show the world exactly how good I am and show that Canadians – are some of the best wrestlers in the world because we're we're your neighbors. I'm not that far from you guys. We're about five no, hours no. apart from each other. Yeah. You know, we know what it's all about here, you know, on the Atlantic. And uh, unfortunately, Canadians aren't allowed to go wrestle in the United States. You need a work visa, which, you know, you're looking at over 10 grand and only uh, certain companies, pretty much only three of them at this point, AEW, WWE and Impact can actually sign to sponsor you uh, is the only legal way that you can do it. So it's something that pisses me off because like we have tons of great wrestlers here in Canada who can't legally go and perform in the biggest independents, which are all in the United States of America. So I know that, you know, for us, we got to work twice as hard with half as many and I'm being generous and saying half as many. It's, it's pretty much like next to no eyes on us and exposure. So when Jacques came along, Jacques Rougeau, the Mountie, uh, with wrestling Academy, Jacques, who happened to also be my trainer, but I've been estranged from him for the past 15 years. Uh, he came up with this concept. I said right away, this is what we need. You know what? I'm going to be the first guy to sign up for this. I was the first one to sign up. I was the last man standing and, and I won. And it was, you know, to me, it was academic. I said, I know I'm going to win. People are like, well, how can you be so confident? You never know. What if something goes wrong? I'm like, no, nothing's going to go wrong. I know I'm going to win. And people talk about being confident like it's a bad thing. They, 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 they don't understand that confidence and arrogance are two different things. Arrogance is when you're oblivious to the things that you're lacking and you try to put on this front to compensate. Yeah. I don't try to compensate for anything. I am who I am. I'm not everybody's cup of tea. I'm, I'm unapologetic about who I am and, and the things that I believe in. But that's what makes me me is that I believe in myself more than anything. And if you think I'm wrong, hey, you're more than welcome to step in the ring. Prove me wrong. But I've yet to see that happen. So I knew with Wrestling Academy, I was going to win. This is going to be my chance to get my name out there and to go and show that, hey, just because some person you see him on TV every week, that that don't make him better than me. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm not, you know, if I can borrow a phrase from uh, the lovely Lacey Evans, you know, I'm not trying to say I'm, I'm better than anyone, but them just being on TV and being seen by millions more people, 
that sure as hell don't make them better than me. So that's what I intend on proving. And now finally some eyes are turning towards me, getting the opportunity to be on AEW uh, in Toronto on October the 12th and 13th for Dynamite and Rampage and getting to go down to the Nightmare Factory for three months. And I'm going to give it hell. I'm going to give it everything I got because I want to get that contract. I, I'm, I'm not just doing it for me. I'm doing it for all of Canada. I'm doing it so you can show that so I can show that you don't have to go and work illegally in the United States. No disrespect to all of y'all, but to show that you don't have to go and work illegally. You can work legally in your country and get picked up by a major company. And I'm the living proof of concept. If that happens, that wrestling academy this is the right way to do it and that we don't have to run those risks we just need to get the scouting to be at the same level as professional sports as major league baseball as the nfl as the nhl and scouting people out of canada because we got talents here don't think i'm the only one i mean there are tons of guys you know out there that are extremely talented just you know you don't hear about them because they don't want to run the risk of getting banned or getting put in jail for going to do the sport that they love so i'm trying to change the culture change the game and uh, yeah, I might have I might have the weight of the country on my shoulders, but I got some pretty big <laughs> shoulders to be able to to bore the brunt of that weight. And I ain't going to back down from anything. So, you know, I got something that I'm fighting for that I believe in. And I think that when I have something I believe in, it's a fight to the death. Most definitely. I love it, man. I love it. Um, I guess we're going to put you in the hot seat, man. Let's do it. <laughs> yep. You got because you 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 uh, as we can see, your schedule is very very, very busy. Yes. By so uh, we're gonna put we're gonna put you in a hot seat. We're gonna start slow, and then we're gonna end up hot. You already know how that goes, Mister Jerry. <laughs> Profit, man. It heats up pretty fast. Sure. It's gonna heat up pretty fast, though. So uh, we already got through one. What was your first memory of wrestling? Uh, what's your spirit animal? What is your spirit animal? The lion. With mm-hmm. the lion, the king of the jungle. You know, the lion might not be the biggest. You know, the lion is smaller than an elephant. Uh, not even the biggest cat in the jungle, but the lion is the king of the jungle because of what the lion exudes, because the lion will tear you to shreds if you mess with it. And that's me. I am a lion through and through king of the jungle. God save the queen, but <laughs> the king is alive. Love it. All right. Who, who is the most relatable TV character? Are we talking mm-hmm. wrestling or we're talking all of television? All of television. Hmm. That's an interesting one. I got to take a moment to think there with that one. That was a good one. Yeah. I got to think of the shows that I watch because I, I don't watch too, too much TV. Mostly stuff I can, I can find on, uh, on streaming services. Protesters and supporters alike are lined up outside the United States Supreme Court this afternoon as a decision in the most hotly debated case in years is set to be delivered. From iHeart Podcasts, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case, Roe v. Wade. Sir, I graduated the top quarter of my class. We just just don't have a spot for you. Starring Maya Hawk as 26-year-old lead attorney Sarah Weddington for challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee William H. Macy as Supreme Court Justice Harry Blackman. My chief qualification being, I'm uncontroversial. You know how we both ended up on the Supreme Court? Politics. Damn right. This may be the longest of shots, but it's also the last chance for a lot of women. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. I'm trying to get you to stand for something, man. Now go to it. Listen to Supreme, the battle for Roe, on the iHeartRadio app, 
Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Most relatable. Hmm. Probably a punisher. It's funny you say it's funny you say Punisher because I was actually going to say uh, the same actor, but his Shane character in oh, Walking, Walking Dead. Dead. Yeah, because <laughs> even though Shane kind of becomes a heel, Shane's the guy when push comes to shove that he's, you know he's going to get the job done. You know he's yeah. going to get his hands dirty, might have to kill a few people if he has to, but you know he's going to do what he has to do to make things happen. So it's very interesting you say Punisher, and it was one of the ones I was thinking of, but more Shane in uh, the early seasons of Walking Dead. Awesome. Definitely, definitely, definitely. All right. Um, Bernthal, great actor. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I'll, you I know, not to slow you down, but I'll, I'll go on. A, I'll go on a bit of a tangent here about John Bernthal because I, I've I've often said I look at guys in wrestling, and a lot of guys in wrestling, you know, they can be big, imposing guys and still come across soft. And you look at a guy like John Bernthal, who's smaller than me. He's shorter than me, smaller than me, and comes across as one vicious, sadistic bastard. You know, and yeah. it's like. To me, I feel there are guys on TV who are portrayed as killers who would not mess with that guy because he's such a good actor and is so good at portraying that. And I feel that's something that we have in common. Like with me, I'm not the biggest guy, but, you know, I bring the big fight. You know, I'm, I'm a vicious predator when I'm in there. And it's something that, look, sometimes wrestling is a little too cute, a little too friendly. But me, I like bringing the aggressiveness, the viciousness. So when people that can watch instinct. what I do and be like, okay, this guy, I wouldn't mess with him. You know, I might be bigger than him, but I wouldn't mess with him. I like that. All right, all right. Um, definitely need it. Name, uh, name something. Name a secret talent, matter of fact, that nobody knows about Jeremy Prophet. Yeah, I don't think I've ever mentioned it in an interview, but um, one of the things I'm actually pretty talented at is uh, with music, is sound engineering, like making beats and uh, editing tracks and that kind of thing. Something that I was self-taught. I've been doing it since pretty much the dawn of the internet. And um, it's something I've always had in my back pocket, but even a lot of my entrance songs and other people, like I'll be able to put edits on that, do different mixes. Um, I'm a pretty good sound engineer. And it's funny that I said that wrestler is the only thing I've ever wanted to do. But the more I start to learn about a lot of guys, like a lot of the, the DJs, like the Dr. Dre's and uh, like the Grandmaster Flash and, uh, you know, a lot of the guys who, who, who were the pioneers of hip hop and turntables and those kinds of things and, and sound engineers, guys like uh, Timberland, um, you know, Kanye West. Like it, it's such a world that's so um, amazing to me that I'm like, I could have done that same kind of thing. Like if that was like a course that was offered in school, like I probably would have done my education in that instead of in journalism. Uh, Cause I just, I just love sound engineering and I'm, I'm pretty good at it. That's, that's pretty dope. I want to hear your name for sure because I'm a, I'm a rapper. I would love to work both. with you. Both <laughs> cool. That'd be awesome. Yeah, maybe we can collaborate down the line. That would be great, man. <laughs> All right. We so next question. Up. Hardest move you ever pulled off? Uh, hit a Phoenix splash or two. Mm. Mostly now sticking to the 450 because it's one of those things where the degree of difficulty, it still gets you the same reaction. So a lot of guys don't realize that they do stuff that's, that's complicated and convoluted and they, they have to put a lot of effort into it um, to get the same reaction. And, you know, when it comes down to working in a ring, the idea of working is to get the most reaction with the least amount of effort. So like, you know, 450s, I can I can hit them in my sleep. That's a that's a direct quote from Matt Stryker uh, when he saw me wrestle in the Maritimes. Uh, and it's true. I can hit it with, with, with relative ease. But, yeah, I used to do a Phoenix splash from time to time. Um, who knows? You know, maybe if uh, maybe if called upon. It'll, it'll, I might bring it back. It yeah. That's dope. 
All right, if you had to pick one to be a manager, if you had to manage one of these people in a wrestling match, who would it be? Michael Jackson or Prince? Oh, Michael Jackson, <laughs> easily. Easily. Don't even have to think about that one. MJ, all the way. Love Michael. You'd manage Michael Jackson in a, in a, in a, in a uh, versus Prince match. Yeah, that's right. We can have me managing Michael Jackson, and we can have uh, we can have Prince Iakea managing uh, Prince or the artist <laughs> or the artist formerly known as Prince. That's dope. What you got from Dero? All right, so this is a two-parter: Canadian dream opponents from the past generation and from the current generation. Yeah, from the past generation, it's, it's Chris Jericho, hands down. Mm -hmm. That one, and it will happen. This is this is the manifesting of the destiny. It will happen. This will be one of uh, a collage of clips where I talk about Jericho and the match eventually comes to fruition. Uh, you know, I've called him out on all these shows. He gave me his award in 2021. So, you know, he leads the Jericho Appreciation Society, but he showed me quite a bit of appreciation with that award. And I'm very appreciative for having gotten it because it shows that he's got a great eye for talent. Um, I think before he hangs it up, he and I will definitely uh, need to have a match in that ring. Uh, especially because he's been a, someone who gave me such great advice early on in my career. And I think it just brings everything full circle for that to happen. So yeah, Jericho, number one, uh, dream opponent, uh, Canadian dream opponent, or just dream opponent in general. So that's an awesome. easy one. That's uh, dope. Of the current generation, I would have to say Kenny Omega. Mm. Simply because I think that that's a match that would be, one, it would be an outstanding match. And I think Side. the story behind it tells itself. Because I've always said that, you know, Kenny Omega, he's an EVP in AEW. So maybe we'll be seeing each other, maybe not. You know, depends when, uh, when he gets back from Japan there. But uh, I'll be there in October. Maybe we'll cross paths. We have some friends in common. Uh, we have people that I've wrestled that have wrestled him. And, you know, I'm sure he's wrestled tons of people that have wrestled me. But I think the match, tell the story sells itself because Kenny Omega, he's done a lot to help Japanese people get to AEW. But... You know, what has he done to help Canadians? And now maybe he has, don't get me wrong. But I think on the surface, that's a story that people could be interested in seeing because I'm all about yeah. Canada. I'm all about being that guy who gets to the major company and actually gives back. You know, I'm trying to be the Jackie Robinson for Canada, not just because I'm black. I'm trying to be the Jackie Robinson in the sense of there was a time where you had the Negro Leagues in baseball and black people weren't allowed to play in the major leagues. And yeah. they would do these little cattle calls. They'd say, oh, we're trying out a bunch of them, but none of them are good enough. And people don't even realize Jackie Robinson is actually the, the fourth black player to play in Major League Baseball. There's exceptions to the rules. So Bad. with my crusade, I'm trying to be like Jackie Robinson to say all these other Canadians that made it, the ones who did it by working illegally on the American independence scene, you know, they, they didn't stay true to Canada. They didn't make it on their merits in Canada. But also, I want to be proof that, hey, you can wrestle in Canada. You can earn your merits in your country and then make it to the big leagues. And that way, if I can do it, then they will see that tons of other people can do it and they'll start actually scouting people without them having to run the risk of wrestling illegally on the American independence scene. So that's where Kenny and I, we, we differ. I've never met him. I got no personal animus whatsoever towards him. But uh, I think that that story could be told on screen and it could be a, quite a moneymaker. That'd be fire. That'd be fire. All right, if you could uh, sit front row at any WrestleMania at any time, which would it be? Uh, the next one, and I and I would cause quite a scene. <laughs> <laughs> I love All that right. answer. I love it. Who plays Jeremy Prophet in your own biopic? Uh, probably Michael B. Jordan. 
Yeah. I think uh, I think I think that'd be that'd be a good choice right about now. Yeah, Michael B. Jordan. I don't, I don't know who else could pull it off. Maybe you just have to play yourself. Maybe, maybe, maybe uh, you know, maybe, 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 um, maybe, in a, maybe in a few years I might play him. Maybe I might play Wesley Snipes. Maybe I might play. Um, <laughs> maybe, maybe I might play. Um, I had another one. I'm just on the tip of my tongue. There. Howard. No, no. Uh, Michael Jai White. Oh, okay. Mm. <laughs> Great actor. I'll... So underrated, man. Yeah, so underrated. I do have the same size arms. Yeah, very, very underrated. He's a hell of a martial artist, too. Yeah. I saw some videos. Yeah. Yeah, yeah he definitely is great. All right. What is a, uh, a music lyric that you live by? Hmm. Ironically, there's one that I've been living by lately, um, and it's a message that I, I give to a lot of people. Uh, I'm actually a personal trainer uh, here when I'm not wrestling. And I see a lot of people go through a lot of struggles and even, you know, to other wrestlers, um, wrestling is a game where I, sometimes it can be like a hurricane and like, you know, you're getting hit with the storm and then you're in the calm of the storm. But you know that that second wave is on its way. Um, I heard a lyric. I don't know the band, but I heard it recently. I heard it like within the last month where and you know, all your fans can go and they can, you know, Google it and they'll probably find it and post it in the comments. Uh, there's a challenge for all y'all at home. Um, but the lyric was something along the lines of, Hey, it's going to be okay. Hey, we're going to laugh at this someday. And I think that that's so true in life that we go through such turmoil and we feel like the world is, is crashing down around us, but then we get through it and we look back on it and we're like, Oh, Hey, remember when we went through this, how tough that was. And you know, in, in some of my darkest hours, I, I keep my cool and I stay mentally strong because I realize that down the line, this is just going to make for a great story. At worst, this makes for a great story. This is going to make for something I can come on a podcast like this and share with you guys and use it to inspire people. So, you know, I'm proud that I stay mentally strong in those moments. And I think it's an important lesson for people to know that, you know, tomorrow, tomorrow comes, you know, that this will pass. You know, we're going to be yeah. living in the future to this present and looking back at this and saying, hey, you know, this this wasn't so bad. We got through it. So, yeah. Nah, yeah, I like that a lot. Definitely. So keeping it on music, what is the go to song that gets you pumped up before entering the curtain? Hmm. Um, so I don't know about currently, but I know that there was a, a long stretch of time where at one of the companies I worked for the IWS, uh, I was very good friends with the DJ and what would get me pumped more than anything was a song called warriors of the world by a group called Manowar. They're mm. a, a power metal group. Um, and that song warriors of the world, it's just got this like heavy baseline and drums and it just it, it just makes me want to go out there and just like literally not not just like figuratively and literally tear someone's head off was this on that warriors of the world by man of war i gotta check that out i yeah. definitely gotta check i'm gonna have to check it out too yeah. i'm yeah. definitely yeah. in all right um if you could go back in time and punch one historical figure in the face who would it be <laughs> uh too many to name uh <laughs> too too many that 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 dingus that that started the KKK. Uh, it could be uh, it could be it could be old old Adolf Hitler. It could be uh, so many people. You know, whoever whoever told Rosa Parks to sit at the back of the bus. Like, oh uh, man, I could, I could go on and on. That the pitcher that hit Jackie Robinson in his first at bat in Major League Baseball. Like, oh. there's just so many people I could I could think of off the top of my head. Just to line them up and just straight through. Just, yeah. Just... <laughs> Yeah. Just them all. <laughs> all of them. More than that. Word. What you got for Nero? I'm trying to see if I have any left. Like, all right, I got him. I got him. You, um, you got another one? Oh, actually, I got one. I got a bunch. You know, I got a bunch. All right, cool. Yeah, but I got one. So, 
has there been any memorable ribs that you have played on somebody or have played on you? Uh, I'm not a ribber. I'm not, which is funny because I was when I was in high school, like before mm. wrestling. I, I very much was. But um, I don't know, like when it comes to wrestling, and I'm not saying this to be politically correct, but it's like I, I love professional wrestling and I would not want to do anything that would dampen anyone else's love for the sport uh, just for a few cheap laughs. Like I'm a serious yeah. dude when I'm in a locker room. I'm business. I arrive at and, and it's what rubs some people the wrong way because, look, I get it. Like everyone's doing this thing that they love and it's this big, uh, you know, sitting around roasting marshmallows, singing Kumbaya kind of thing. But to me, it's, it's business first. Like we do the match, we do the show. Then after, you know, everything's fine, but it's business first when I arrive. So I'm not there smiling. I'm not there to smile and laugh and those kinds of things, goof around, which, which that's not me anyways. Like I'm there first and foremost, business. I am being paid. I am a professional wrestler. As great as the wrestler part is, the professional part means a lot more to me. And I got to be a professional every time that I'm in that locker room because that's what people expect of me. Uh, someone is entrusting me. They're paying me. They're giving me a chance to perform as a paid professional. I have to be exactly that. So I don't, I don't rib people. Um, my focus first and foremost, is I get there. I want to just, you know, get in the ring as quickly as possible, get my opponents, get in the ring and get down to business. And it rubs people the wrong way. Cause I'll be like, no, no, look, look, put your merch away. You can deal with that after we got a match. We got to deal with, <laughs> you know, don't be going and, 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 you know, hitting on this girl or what, look, we got a match that we got to deal with. This is wrestling yeah. because, and, and, you know, look, I don't have the luxury of like you guys, Americans, you got this great scene, great exposure. All I really got to try to get some eyes on me is, you know, if I can put out a great quality match, uh, some people can get some good highlights of it, get the word out there, spread the buzz on social media. So, I mean, I'm fighting for my livelihood here. I'm fighting for, 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 to be able to, to, to make my living doing this. So I take it very seriously. Uh, yeah. In terms of, I mean, ribs being played on me. Um, I mean, I've, I've been fortunate. Uh, like nothing comes to mind. I think that, I think that people just, you know, I, I don't, I don't come across as the kind of guy they'd want to rib. I think maybe there's a worry <laughs> that like they, they, they'll rib me. I'm going to go and like bite the nose off their face. Like uh, it's just, I, I'm business. And I think maybe that's what off puts people. Like I can't think of any ribs kind of happening it's, to me. They think you, they think you're all business. That's why nobody can rib you, huh? In, in, a, in a lot of ways, I kind of am too, because like, I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to allow myself to be disrespected by anybody. Like I'm not, uh, you know, this, this kind of stuff. It's like, you're going to try to disrespect me. Okay. But you're going to realize I'm a very bad man very soon. Like I'm the danger. Like I don't, like, I don't get bullied. I'm, I'm, I, I am the bully. You try to bully me. You're going to bite off more than you can chew. So that's just, you know, how I am. People want to test my metal. That's fine. You can test my metal. I got two fists, two feet, two elbows and, and a very strong head. I know how to use them, but uh, I don't think that ribs and all that, that's, that's not my thing. That's just yeah. why, you know, we're blessed to have professional wrestling. Why, why dampen someone's love of that? Uh, why, you know, take away from this thing that we're doing? We're supposed to be professionals. We're there to give the people their money's worth. So that's just kind of stuff that's, that's noise and distractions. And it's, it's probably why a lot of people don't make it. But as a Canadian, I can't afford to take my eye off the ball and not focus on being the best I can be and getting myself to where I want my career to be. Most definitely. That Before Kofi goes down with his next question. Go ahead. We, I, we have a lot of comments here in the chat. Go ahead. But go ahead. Go ahead. We got Get one the from comments. the man himself, Ivan, from Circle Debate, the homie. He wants to know if you could give more details of when you won the contest and break down the moment of how you felt when QT Marshall named you as the winner. Was the was Yo, great question? Great question. Yeah. 
Uh, I felt I felt vindicated. I felt that it justified everything that I've said, everything that I've done, my entire body of work over the course of 17 years. That someone like QT Marshall, who is entrusted with training the next generation of wrestlers, with picking and choosing talent, would see my ability, you know, with no prejudice, with no one there to influence it. Just his decision based on what I look like, what I sound like and what I do from bell to bell. So it was definitely a great moment. And you know, not to say I was overconfident, but I mean, look, I woke up that morning and I said, like, look, I'm going to win this. Why? Because I've never met Jeremy Prophet. I've never met another Jeremy Prophet. I've never met another person who can do all these things. So if QT is everything he says he is, I have nothing to worry about because he will see exactly that. He will see a guy that he has never seen before. No one looks like me. No one talks like me. No one wrestles like me. No one can do all of the things that I do. And it's not to say, like, I'm the best at this. I'm the best at that. It's that no one can do all of the things that I do as well as yeah. me. And I knew he would see that. Love it. Yeah. People say like, oh, you had a great poker face. And I'm like, no, that was my emotion because I'm like, I work really hard to be good at this. If you're a 10th Dan black belt in martial arts, you know, you're not going to go in there against a couple of white belts and be like, oh, well, they might get chosen instead of me. It's like, no, if it's objective, if it's unadulterated, untainted, no prejudice involved, I know that I will rise to the occasion against anyone. Love that. You got more comments? Yeah, we actually got another one from uh, Ivan too. What? He wants to know when you come to the States for the Nightmare Factory, will you be able to take some bookings in the States while you're training? No, that would be illegal. Mm. Wow. Yeah, that, that's, that's fucking crazy, man. Like, wow. That, that's insane. Like when you think about like just trying to wrestle in other countries and fire craft in the United States, like that's crazy. Crazy. Wow. That, that's that's what I'm fighting against. I, I'd already be on my way to being a Hall of Famer. I'd be a millionaire. I'd be a household name. Children all over the world would have my action figures, my posters on their walls. They would uh I'd I'd be a multiple time world champion. They wouldn't be they would be talking about me in the same breath that they talk about the Rick Flairs, the Hulk Hogan's of this world. Um maybe not the Hulk Hogan's of this world because they talk about them for other reasons, but uh yeah. all that to say, um that that's where I would be. But being Canadian, we don't have the luxury of doing that. Yeah. Wow, that's crazy. All right. Well, let me, let me jump right back into this real quick. All right, you got um, you got two names. You got Black Dynamite, and you got the Harbor Your Truth. Yeah. Which one is number eight, and which one is number twenty-four? <laughs> I think uh, I think I think that number Black Dynamite probably kind of diluted down the list. Um, Harbinger Truth would be a lot higher, a lot more contemporary. But I look at my names, it's kind of like Chris Jericho. You know, you can call him Lionheart. You can call him the Painmaker. You can call him the Wizard. You can call him the Ayatollah of Rock and Rolla. You can, you can, you know, pull out any of those names. These are, these are like my hits. I got many names. I got names, you know, most of you guys probably haven't even heard. You know, I was, I was the silver tongue sex symbol at one point. I was Mr. Money on the mic. I was, I was the greatest thing in wrestling. I, man, I got, I got names upon names. You know, the Harbinger Truth is just, the latest reiteration. And I speak a reiteration because I'm also the reiterator of reality in addition mm. to being the harbinger of truth. So, you know, regardless of the name, regardless of the shade, regardless of what you see in front of you, it remains Jeremy Prophet, true and true, unfiltered, unadulterated, not everyone's cup of tea, but uh, a, a definitely a hard pill everyone's going to swallow. I love that. So you got my last question would be, what would you want your lasting legacy to be? Very simple. The man that opened the door for the rest of Canada, who did it his way in utter defiance of everyone who told him that this is not the way to do it, stood up for himself, stood 
right up against an entire army of people saying that's not how it's done and said, nope, I'm going to prove all of y'all wrong. I don't care how many of you say I'm wrong. I'm going to show you that you guys are wrong. I am now the zeitgeist. I am now the way to do this. And I want to just change the culture. I want to be that Jackie Robinson for Canadian wrestlers to show them that we can get it done in our own country. It's not us. That's the problem. You know, they do these open uh, WWE did one recently the, a couple of years back where they took a bunch of guys from Canada, tried them out, hired nobody. And the reaction was, oh, you know, I guess we're not good enough. It's like, no, it's not a case that we're not good enough. It's a case of the scouts are not good enough. We're more than good enough. And I'm going to show that. That's going to be my lasting legacy, in addition to a few world championships and also becoming the first black Canadian world champion. And that's another problem we got to fix is we got to get more representation uh, for minorities here in Canada. But uh, that's going to be a, a, the, another quest right now. Legacy is going to be showing that Canadians can get it done in their own country and make it to the biggest stage. I'm going to be living proof of that. Mark yeah. my words. I can't All think right. of um, way to top it off. Damn. Before before we get out of here, advice for anybody who's trying to walk in your footsteps and do what you do. You know what I mean? Yep. Same advice Chris Jericho gave me. Anyone can do it. It's going to be hard. It's going to be the hardest thing you ever do. But if you're committed to working at it, if you're committed to getting up every day, living 24 hours of that day for professional wrestling and the work that goes along with it, you can make it. Love there it is, man. There Love it is. It. Well, hey, let everybody give you shout outs and give, uh, let everybody know where to find you. Yep, you can find me on Twitter at Jeremy Prophet. That's J E R E M Y P R O P H E T. You can find me on Instagram at the real Jeremy Prophet. You can use the hashtag Jeremy Prophet on YouTube to see all kinds of great content from me, whether it be interviews like here on Jofo in the Ring, which you can also follow, like, subscribe on YouTube, uh, or you can see in ring action. Great promos. Everything that I've spoken about here, you can go on there, you can watch it, and you can see you can see if, if I'm if I'm just you know full of shit or if you can see that I'm the real deal. So go on there, check it out, and I don't doubt that you will be delighted with what you see. He's the real deal, ladies right. and gentlemen. Yeah. Jeremy Prophet, ladies and gentlemen. Remember the name. He's gonna be a household name very soon. Mark my words. Damn right. Thank you so much again, man. It was a pleasure. Appreciate you having you on. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Looking forward to doing it again. Most definitely. Thank you. You're welcome to whenever. All right, ladies and gentlemen, go check out Jeremy Prophet. Check out his matches online. And, yeah, look out for him because he's going to be a problem in this business, man. Ladies and gentlemen, for Kofi Wheatston, Dirty Hills Podcast, Wrestling DeLorean Podcast, Circle Debate. Love you guys. Take care. Have a good night. From iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case, Roe v. Wade. Starring Maya Hawk as 26-year-old lead attorney, Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee, William H. Macy, as Supreme Court Justice, Harry Blackman. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. Listen to the podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, on the iHeart Radio app or wherever you get your podcasts. 
Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. 